Hello and welcome to Mashley at the Movies. I'm Ashley. I'm Matt. And we're here today to review a new film that is available for streaming. It's called Shirley. Matt's going to tell us about it. Yeah. So it's about, in a sense, Shirley Jackson, who was a writer. She, she passed away back in 1965, but uh, she wrote some fairly well-known works. Um, there's the, the Lottery, which was sort of a short story. Um, Hengsman, which is mentioned and fairly prominently in this movie. Uh, the Bird's Nest. And the one that I'm most familiar with uh, of her work, which is uh, The Haunting of Hill House. Not because I read it, but because I've seen adaptations of it. Uh, no, so that it, it's, it's ostensibly kind of about Shirley Jackson in that sense. Now, what I'm going to do here real quick is read from a uh, review of it on RogerEbert.com, which was written by Sheila O'Malley. And once you're done listening to us, I really suggest you read <laughs> Sheila O'Malley's review for this. But the real quick thing, well, th- and this helped me, I read it after I saw the movie, and this sort of helped crystallize things a little bit better for me. But Sheila O'Malley writes that Shirley isn't a biopic. It's more a film about Jackson told in the style of one of Jackson's gothic short stories. Now, I mentioned this to you, (laughs) dear listener, because uh, it's made a little bit more sense to me then, because this movie is a little strange. I found it a little strange. And it it, it, has um, uh, Elizabeth Moss... Uh, playing, you know, Shirley Jackson, and um, uh, her husband uh, features in this as well, uh, played by Michael um, Stuhl, Stuhlbarg, yeah, Michael Stuhlbarg, who um, was in, among many other things, uh, Shape of Water and Call Me By Your Name. Mm. Uh, he was uh, excellent in Call Me By Your Name. Uh, it also stars Odessa Young and uh, Logan Lerman. And Logan Lerman and Odessa Young's characters... Um, our young uh, Logan Lerman is a, he's a grad student or something like something. that. And he is coming to this small town. I think they live in Vermont. Uh, to uh, They st- end up staying with uh, Shirley and her husband. Uh, and, and Logan Lerman is there to sort of be under the tutelage of Michael Stuhlbark's character, her husband. Uh, and that's the setting. And... Uh, I'll be honest with you, I, I really can't describe it beyond that. It's just, it's just, uh, it's very different. So, yeah. yeah, this is another one of those movies where I think if you, if you want a lot of plot and you want a lot to happen, you want a lot of story, um, it's probably not for you. This is another one that's all about just kind of observing characters and being in this mood that the, that the film creates. Um, you're right, it is kind of a... Something that that you might read that Shirley Jackson had written. It's it's kind of there's a, there's a few little horror elements that kind of flare up as as she's working on her her novel and kind of coming to grips with her psychological demons that she seems to have. Um, it has kind of a dreamlike quality to it. Um, yeah, it, you know we talked afterwards too. The characters aren't particularly likable and usually it's nice when you're watching a movie to have characters that you like that you can kind of identify with um yeah these characters aren't nice but they're interesting enough for me to um want to continue watching the film so i was never bored um i i actually quite liked the movie um 
I liked the the setting in particular. So it's set in Vermont. Almost all of the movie takes place in Shirley Jackson's house because she's kind of homebound. She has um, doesn't want to leave the house. Um, she has a, a she has some mental health issues. Yeah, she has a mental health issue. She doesn't want to leave the house. So she, most of the movie takes place in the house, and I just felt like the, the set design was really good. It felt like a house that a kind of a, a troubled writer might live in. Um, it, it felt very lived in. Um, I, I just really liked being in that environment. It created, I think, the necessary mood that the, that the movie was trying to, to create. Um, so yeah, I mean, if you're, if you're willing to just kind of watch a movie to observe some interesting characters and some interesting psychology and some the way that they manipulate each other um, and just kind of feel this strange, haunting mood. I think you'll like this movie. Um, I did, anyway. <laughs> so it's interesting. When, when this was in the first, I don't know, 10 or 15 minutes, um, I was with this movie. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, you're right. I mean, I forget how you described it, but it, it, it's just sort of people kind of doing things. And... <laughs> But I was I was interested in it, and I and I set my brain to, um, to to that. I adjusted myself to that. So I was like, okay, so this is kind of what this movie is going to be. It's a little art house film where people you're just kind of dipping in on these people's lives, and they're a little little eccentric. Uh, but yeah, I, I was I, I was involved in it. Um, but then a, a couple things happened. One, and you, you've addressed this pretty well, but you know the characters aren't likable in my opinion. Mm-hmm. And sometimes people roll their eyes when that's brought up because they're like, well, not everybody has to be likable. And I get that. But, I mean, these are, a lot of this is characters to either small or large degrees not being nice to each other. Mm-hmm. You know? Um, and, and Shirley Jackson's character in particular is very manipulative. And sometimes she's nice to Odessa Young's character, Rose, and then sometimes she's just awful to her, or sometimes she's just plain old manipulative uh, mm-hmm. to her. Um, the character played by Michael Stuhlbarg, uh, who is uh, you know Shirley Jackson's husband in this movie, uh, he is nice to Logan Lerman sometimes, and then sometimes he's just awful to him. Um, and then sometimes Logan Lerman is nice to his wife, Rose, and sometimes he's terrible. <laughs> and, and, and then... So on and so forth. Um, that that really, I was like, I'm not, I wasn't. And then, so again, th- this movie sort of follows Shirley Jackson as she's trying to write the Hangsman um, book novel. And as we learn in the movie, and then if you want to read about it outside of this movie, you can. You know, so there was a, a college girl that went missing in near them in Vermont. Uh, this really happened, and to this day, they've never solved it. Her disappearance. But this inspires Shirley Jackson to write this book. Um, so in the movie, she's imagining the the missing college student, and she, you know, you we see her imagination in in the in scenes in the movie here. And sometimes the young woman, her face is obscured, you know. And then eventually, uh, when Shirley is imagining her, uh, she imagines her to look like Rose, mm-hmm. and. Um, I don't know. And then there's then there's scenes that are obvious fantasy and then then scenes that are real and it's not really confusing about which is which. 
I mean, for a little while it was for me, but then eventually it becomes pretty clear. And so then I don't know it. And, and the fantasy stuff is, 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 I'm just gonna, it's, this is a, this is a judgmental term, but I'm going to use it. It's strange. Um, so I, I guess now all that being said, <laughs> I did think Elizabeth Moss is, does a good job. I mean, for this role that she's playing, which is, is, is and is not Shirley Jackson, um, she does a good job. This is the second really good performance she's given this year, the earlier, uh, the earlier one being uh, The Invisible Man. Mm-hmm. Um, so she's good in this. Um, but, you know, it, it's just... It, 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 it just is it's just not my bag. <laughs> the book that she's working on, this Hangsman, which is, you know, as you said, inspired by this uh, girl who's gone missing... Um, Elements from that story kind of merge in with her real life that's going on. You mentioned how, you know, at first when she's imagining this character in her novel, she doesn't have a face, but then she has Rose's face. And she's infatuated by this character. This is why she's writing about this person in her novel. She's infatuated. And then she becomes infatuated with Rose as well. So it it kind of all kind of merges together. Um, I, I just found that very interesting. And, and you know, the, she also talks about how the novel she's working on deals with madness, a, a descent into madness. And we see elements of that in, in both characters, in Rose and, uh, and in Shirley Jackson. So um, I don't know. I found it very fascinating. Um, and you're right. Elizabeth Moss is amazing in this, I thought. Um, just spectacular. Um, fascinating to watch. Um, you know, she's a complicated character, Shirley Jackson, in this movie. A lot of times, as you said, she's mean, cruel, I would say. Um, but there's always this feeling that there's so much pain behind it. There's so much pain that she's feeling, and she somehow manages to express that um, without, you know, explicitly saying it it's all there in her face mm-hmm. um it's really it's a really good performance um yeah so um earlier when i led we were sort of led with that quote from sheila o'malley's review mm-hmm. um there are things that just didn't make sense and i was always watching it i felt to myself like this is just taking a lot of liberties this is not a mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know a real biopic <laughs> right and so one of the things i learned after after you know watching it was uh in this movie, um, Shirley Jackson and her husband are portrayed as having no children. It's just the two of them. In real life, they had four mm-hmm. kids. Um, and another thing is, um, and this is maybe not, this doesn't, this is not a huge deal to me, but I just realized that um, her husband, played by Michael Stuhlbarg, uh, in real life, during the period of time this was set, he would have been in his early 30s. Mm-hmm. And Michael Stuhlbarg, who plays him, is like 20 years older than that. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, things like that. But... Those pale in comparison to the the strangeness that uh, we see, and you know another thing I think that I felt a little um, crestfallen maybe mm-hmm. about as the film was progressing, and this is maybe not I don't know if I can quite I don't know if this is this film's particular fault, but as a whole, mm-hmm. so I'm someone who likes to write. Since I was eight years old, I've been writing for pleasure, mm-hmm. uh, fiction, uh, short stories mostly, um, but you know I. I did write a novel length thing once and I just enjoy doing it. I've never 
thought about having anything you know for real happen with it publishing mm-hmm. but I enjoy writing and I'm very I, I'm always seeking out um, a movie that is about writers because I want like a good movie about writers mm-hmm. and I am sorry but I haven't I don't always say I haven't seen a good movie about writers but they're just and I don't know maybe the craft of writing is not something that is just easily transferable to mm-hmm. a visual medium yeah. but you know when you have movies about about people or that feature prominently characters who are writers it's um, they're just strange movies like there's that uh, that, that character uh, I forget what he who he plays but um, Johnny Depp plays like this writer in this really strange movie is it like Secret Window or something like that mm-hmm. it's a strange movie um, The Shining I mean there's Jack Nicholson's <laughs> character a writer in that movie uh, The Misery right. you know where Kathy Bates is you know tying him to a bed and knocking his you know feet around or something <laughs> I mean and then there you got this movie which is its own <laughs> box of weirdness and and I don't know. Um, maybe, maybe there's just not a way to, to do a movie about writing that is, you know, that can show it well. And, and I think too about um, composing music. So, um, yours and mine's favorite movie ever mm-hmm. is Amadeus. Right. Um, that's a beautiful movie, and I do think it has an interesting way that it presents, you know, um, Mozart's. Oh, it's about Mozart, right? Mm-hmm. It presents his uh, music, right? However, they still have a trouble. They still have. They don't really show him, you know, in the creative process of it, in the sense of, of how it probably really happened. Mm-hmm. Their whole thing throughout that movie is like he was gifted from God, mm-hmm. and God spoke through him, and this music just kind of happened for him, you know. And I'm like, yeah, that's. I don't know if that's really how it works, but you know, um, so I don't know. Maybe it's just really difficult to convey in a somewhat realistic but still interesting sense a creative process like writing Mm -hmm. or creating or you know music composition. But uh, as I was watching this film, I was just thinking like, yeah, this is yet another movie about a writer that doesn't (laughs) really get at what I'm looking for. But yeah. Yeah, I know what you mean. And I, I think maybe it is the fact that just writing as a, as a task is not very cinematic. Um, and and maybe, I mean, if, if you just look at movies, it, every writer would seem to be just horribly psychologically damaged. And um, that seems to be the only way that they can portray writers and then, you know, portray them with, you know, weird flashbacks and weird, just weird things going on. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know. It seems like you could make a, a, an interesting movie about a writer without having to resort to those things. And it's interesting that you mention Amadeus. I've always been struck by the fact that in that movie, they focus a lot on operas, which are very visual, mm-hmm. and but only a small percentage of Mozart's output were operas. Mm-hmm. right? But that's what they focus on, because it is visual, because it's something you can see. Yeah. You can't really look at much on a written page unless you're going to try to, you know, again, create visually what the author is imagining. But then things tend to get weird. I don't, I don't know. It's, it's, it's an interesting dilemma. Yeah. But yeah, uh, this movie tries. So it's directed by a woman. The screenwriter, the main screenwriter was a woman. Two, two screenwriters. Two yeah. screenwriters. Both, both women, yeah. Both women. And a lot of it, so if you watch at least through the first part of the credits like we did, um, 
there's several executive producers, mm-hmm. and just judging by the names, um, all but one of them were women. And one of them was Martin Scorsese. Yes. <laughs> yes. Um, and then the you know the I would say the two leads are both women. Yeah. So this is you know that's all that's wonderful. Um, it does have a feminist message that, you know, I can get behind. It felt a, maybe a little heavy-handed at the at the by the end of the movie, just a little too on the nose. Um, but you know, I can I can forgive it that. Yeah. Um, There's no doubt that I think uh, we as as uh, men watching this probably <laughs> taking away different things from it than sure. if you know a, a woman might watching it. So Definitely. and that's fine. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. What do you give it out of 10? I'm going to give it an 8 out of 10. I liked it quite a bit. Okay. I give it a 5. <laughs> right, right, right smack in the middle. It's very average. Uh, and so 6.5 is our score. It's on the tomato meter. It has a certified fresh score from critics of 88%, audience score of 60%. All right. Yeah. Thanks for listening. Thank you.